Good morning. Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Church of Kent. We gather as a diverse and inclusive spiritual community that seeks to inspire love, work for justice, and grow in community. Whoever you are, we welcome you. Wherever you come from, we welcome you. Whomever you love, we welcome you. May this be a place where you can be your fullest and most authentic self. On Sunday, September the 8th, we, ha- we will celebrate water communion and ingathering as we return from our summer adventures. To be ready for this celebration, please join us on Saturday, September 7th, from 8.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. for the ingathering Whole Church Cleanup Day. Come when you can, do what you will, and leave when you are done. The building will be open from 8.30 a.m. until 12.30 p.m. And once again, all are welcome. There is no freedom, the wise men said. Let justice roll down, roll down. The poor cry out for shelter and bread. Let justice roll down like a mighty stream. Oh, children, don't you get weary? Walk together, believe in that dream. When it's rough, we'll make a new Justice rolled down like a mighty stream. Well, hatred will never drive out hate. Let justice roll down like a roll down. Remember, our hearts can make us great. Let love roll down like a mighty stream. Oh, children, don't you get weary? Walk together, believe in that dream. When the way gets rough, we'll make a new. Justice roll down like a mighty stream. When brutality threatens our daughters and sons, let peace roll down, roll down. May our voices ring out above the guns. Let peace roll down like a mighty stream. Oh, children, don't you get weary? Walk together, believe in that dream. When the way gets rough, we'll make a new Justice roll down like a mighty stream. When fists rise up to strike a blow, let storms roll down, roll down. Poets remind us of what we know, let songs roll down like a mighty stream. Oh, children, don't you get weary? Walk together, believe in that dream. When the way gets rough, we'll make a new. Justice roll down like a mighty stream. We'll step by step and one by one let justice roll down, roll down. Kill the prophet, the dream lives on. Let justice roll down like a mighty stream. Oh, children, don't you get weary? Walk together, believe in that dream. The way gets rough, we'll make a new way. Let justice roll down, roll down. Let 
justice roll down, roll down, let justice roll down like a mighty stream. My Czech forebears arrived in South Central Texas in the late 19th century and began to cultivate their small farms, growing cotton and feed corn while raising cattle, pigs, and chickens. The work was hard, dangerous, and the days were long. If any of you are familiar with the cotton crop, it is grown and harvested in the hottest part of the summer. Picking cotton by hand is painful work. Believe me, I've tried. In family stories I heard as a child, I know that my grandparents and my father toiled alongside the crews they employed of mostly black people, men, women, and children, to hoe the cotton, pick it, and bring it to the gin for processing. While I feel certain that the relationships were respectful, the crew could actually speak some Czech, and my family could actually speak some English, Nevertheless, at the end of the day, my family retired to their modest farmhouse on a land that they owned. The crew returned by wagon to the segregated part of town where they resided. Maybe they owned their small homes, maybe they didn't. Separate, but definitely not equal. A class system that was simply accepted, but rarely questioned. In his thought-provoking work, A People's History of the United States, the historian Howard Zinn wrote, it is pretended that, as in the preamble to the Constitution, it is we, the people, who wrote that document, rather than 55 privileged white males. That use of government for class purposes to serve the needs of the wealthy and powerful has continued throughout American history down to the present day. It is disguised by language that suggests all of us, rich and poor and middle class, have a common interest. Zen goes on to state, it did not occur to me when I first began to immerse myself in history how badly twisted was the teaching and writing of history by the submersion of, not white, of non-white people. Yes, indigenous people were there and then gone. Black people were visible when enslaved, then free and invisible. It was, and I add, still is a white man's history. We know that as much as we strive to be good, thoughtful people, we can still be good people, hold racist beliefs, and not even know it. How do we, the people, live that aspirational statement and, as Zen challenges, awaken a greater consciousness of class conflict racial injustice, sexual inequality, and national arrogance. Come, let us worship together and explore these ideas, challenging ourselves to take off our blinders to both overt and covert racism. My goodness, look at the time. Colleen, where are you? Colleen, oh, Colleen, where are you? <gasps> I made it. 
I'm sorry, I had to pick up Michelle. And uh, I was packing my backpack for work, and I forgot, I couldn't find my hammer, and anyway, whatever. I'm here. <laughs> Yay. I made it. Okay. Give me just a second. Let me just set up my stuff here. Rushing around this back to school thing. Whoa, am I right? Right? Okay. So, whew, let's breathe together, shall we? Stella, just help me calm down a little bit. All right. I'm here. Very good. So, this morning, I brought my backpack and my work bag to show you some of the things that I rely on every day, right? So I have my computer, you know, I got my charger in here somewhere because, oh, don't forget the charger, right? Am I right? Uh, brought my first aid kit because you never know, you never know. Um, my phone, I rely on my phone for so much stuff, right? I got pens and pencils in here. I have two giant packs of erasers because I make a ton of mistakes. <sighs> Let's see, some highlighters and all that stuff. I got my water bottle. Staying hydrated is really, really important. So, oh no, I forgot my coffee cup. Okay, I'll have to run out and get that later. So, all of those things, right? Those things that we bring with us to church uh, or to school, to work, they're tools. They're tools that we need to get our things done. We bring our pencils and our erasers and all that stuff to school uh, because that's what we need to do our things. But those things, while they're very important, they're tools and we can learn without them. It might be a little bit harder to do your work without them, but you can still learn without them. But there are other things, other things that I like to bring in my backpack that I find it really hard to do without if I forget them. So there's some other stuff in here. Let me check out what I got. Hold on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Here's my tiara. I like to wear this to remind myself of my worth and my dignity. But I also bring other tiaras so that I can pass them out. Here you go, Hal. There you go. Here you go. You have worth and dignity, Reverend Stephen. And so do you, Camille. So that other people know that they do too, right? No <laughs> I, also, I also bring some flowers each day to remind myself to practice kindness. Danny, here you go. I hope you have a really nice day. Okay. Oh, I made this certificate of achievement for myself too. Um, it helps me remember to keep going and encourage myself and others to keep on going. Let's see here, what else do I have? Ooh, my magnifying glass. It helps me search and remind myself to be curious. Also in here, my handy dandy microphone. I like to hand this out so that everybody can be heard, right? Whoops, I'm tripping over my computer bag. What else is in here? Ooh, I told you I couldn't find my hammer. Well, I found it. And I bring my hammer to work with me every day to build a fair and peaceful world. 
Let's see, I think I got one more thing in here. This one's really hard, it just, but it tends to get all messed up. There we go. I brought my web. I bring my web with me everywhere to remind me that we are all connected, right? So these things aren't things that I actually put in my work bag or my backpack before going to work, but they are the blessings of being a Unitarian Universalist, and they're the gifts that I carry with me every day, and you do too, right? The dictionary defines a blessing as, among other things, something that helps you uh, to feel happiness and that brings you joy. These are definitely some of the blessings of being a Unitarian Universalist. And did anybody notice the theme there? There were seven of them, right? What were we doing there? The principles, right? So as you pack your backpack with these tools that you need in your daily work, think about the blessings you bring with you from your church community. So at this time, I'd like for the children who are in the room who are going back to school and have brought their backpacks, and it's okay if you forgot it because you can just uh, take your talisman home with you. But if you would come on up into the center here, because I think it's about time we bless these backpacks. What do you think, Reverend Stephen? Let's do some serious blessing here. That's serious. Yeah, yeah let's get serious. This is serious business. <laughs> <laughs> says with a tiara on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I want you all to know that even when you are away from this church, the UU Church of Kent, you carry the heart of this church, this congregation, and the spirit of Unitarian Universalism with you wherever you go. May you feel curiosity in all of your days. May your imagination catch fire. And may you find courage when it's necessary. May confusion lead to better questions. May you feel compassion toward those around you and they towards you. May you feel heard and seen. May you hear and see others. And may you speak up for those who are not heard or not seen. As your spirit's home, we are made stronger when you share with us what you learn. So we ask that what you learn out there at school, you bring back to us here. Can you do that for us? Yeah? Good. So before you go back to your seats, if you would go ahead and stand up, Miss Michelle and I and uh, Reverend Stephen are going to help pass out a tie-on for your bag. And the bag is going, and the tie-on, when you look at it when you're at school, I want you to think about all of the people in this room who are rooting for you. They are rooting for you, and so am I, and so is Reverend Stephen, right? Absolutely. All right. Stand on up. We'll get your talisman. For those with children who are not here today, they will be available outside the sanctuary doors. Okay. In late August of 1619, the English ship the White Lion landed at Point Comfort, what is now Hampton, Virginia. Aboard that ship were 20 black men and women who had originally been taken from Angola in West Central Africa. These people have been captured in a series of wars that were part of the much broader Portuguese hostilities against kingdoms in Africa. These black people were put on board the Portuguese ship, the San Juan Batista, which carried 350 captives bound for Mexico. 
As the ship neared Mexico that summer, it was attacked by two English privateers, the White Lion and the Treasurer, and robbed of its cargo. The two privateers then sailed to Virginia. The majority of the Angolans were acquired by wealthy and well-connected English planners, including Governor Sir George Yeardley and the Cape or head merchant Abraham Piercy. The Africans were sold into bondage, despite Virginia having no clear-cut laws sanctioning slavery. This was the first of 17 generations of African Americans in the British colonies and then the United States. Today we will hear the litany of the generations, the story of slavery, racism, and discrimination throughout our country's history. One by one, as we tell the story of the generations, we'll light a candle for each of them. The first candle is for that first generation. Most of their names are not known. But we know on the other ship, the treasurer, an Angolan woman named Angela, was on board. She was sold to Lieutenant William Pierce in Jamestown. We light our second candle for the children born between 1625 and 1650. Although some Africans were indentured servants and would become free, by 1640 in Virginia, enslavement was for a lifetime. The third candle is for the children's children born between 1650 and 1675. In 1662, the colony of Virginia passes a law that if you were born to a slave, you are also a slave. We light a fourth candle. It represents the children's children's children of those first slaves. This is a generation born between 1675 and 1700. The fifth generation is the children's 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 children of the first slaves born between 1700 and 1725. Laws have been passed that do not recognize enslaved people as human beings, but as property that could be mortgaged, traded, bought, sold, used as collateral, given as a gift, and disposed of violently. Enslaved people could not legally marry. They were barred from learning to read and restricted from meeting privately in groups. They had no claim to their own children who could be bought, sold, and traded away from them on auction blocks alongside furniture and cattle or behind storefronts that advertised Negroes for sale. Enslavers and the courts did not honor kinship ties to mothers, siblings, cousins. Enslaved people could own nothing, will nothing, and inherit nothing. The song Blackbird was inspired by the racial tensions that exploded in the U.S. in the spring of 1968 as a symbolic way to support the efforts of the civil rights movement. Paul McCartney underlined also that bird is a British slang often used for girl, which would make Blackbird sing Black Girl. Anyway, this song is so deep and at the same time so metaphoric that it can be used as a song of freedom in any circumstances. It sings that even if you're not free, if you live in darkness, if your wings are broken and your eyes are sunken, you should always try to arise, fly and follow the light that even in the darkest night shines.
blackbird singing in the dead of night. Take these broken wings and learn to fly all your life. You were only waiting for this moment to arise. Blackbird singing in the dead of night. Take these sunken eyes and learn to see. All your life, you were only waiting for this moment to be free. Blackbird, fly. Blackbird, fly. Into the light of a dark black Singing in the dead of night Take these broken wings and learn to fly All your life You were only waiting for this moment to arise Blackbird fly The sixth generation is the children's, 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 children. Born between 1725 and 1750, born as slaves. The seventh generation born between 1750 and 1775. The colonies are beginning the fight for independence. The first person to die for this country in the American Revolution was a black man and a slave named Crispus Attucks. We light a candle for the eighth generation born between 1775 and 1800. The British colonies are now a country in the United States of America. Nicole Hannah-Jones writes, the Declaration of Independence signed on July 4, 1776 proclaims that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. But the white men who drafted those words did not believe them to be true for the hundreds of thousands of black people in their midst. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness did not apply to fully one-fifth of this country. The cotton gin has been invented, meaning that the farmers can grow lots more cotton and make a lot more money. Many white people choose to get the help they need with the cotton crops by buying more slaves. Thousands more West African people kidnapped from their homes arrive in chains. In August of 1781, the County Court of Common Pleas in Great Barrington, Massachusetts, ruled that the new adopted Massachusetts Constitution outlawed slavery and granted plaintiff Elizabeth Freeman, known as Mum Bet, her freedom. The case set the legal precedents that ultimately abolished slavery in Massachusetts in 1783, making it the first state to do so. 
We remember the ninth generation born between 1800 and 1825. This country is twice as big as it was just a few years ago. White people are going west looking for more places to build towns and cities. Native Americans are being pushed and murdered off of their lands. Textile mills in the north demand more cotton and make more profits for privileged owners. So farmers in the south with free labor grow more and more cotton and need more and more slaves. The next candle is for the 10th generation born between 1825 and 1850. There are now groups of people writing and speaking out against slavery, including many Unitarians and Universalists. The 11th generation descended from the original slaves were born between 1850 and 1875. The country fights a civil war. After 244 years, slavery is officially ended. There is a brief period known as Reconstruction from 1865 to 1877. Black people zealously engaged with the democratic process. With federal troops tempering widespread white violence, black Southerners started branches of the Equal Rights League, one of the nation's first human rights organizations, to fight discrimination and organize voters. They headed in droves to the polls where they placed other formerly enslaved people into seats that their enslavers had once held. The South, for the first time in the history of this country, began to resemble a democracy with black Americans elected to local, state, and federal offices. Some 16 black men served in Congress, including Hiram Rebels of Mississippi, the first black man elected to the Senate. The 12th generation, born between 1875 and 1900, there are now laws limiting who may come to this country and who may not. The Supreme Court has declared that whites and people of color ought to be separated. Black people are no longer slaves, but the law says they have fewer rights and privileges than white people. We light a candle for the 13th generation born between 1900 and 1925. Women are finally allowed to vote. The NAACP comes into existence. A world war is fought with black soldiers among the U.S. troops. They return home to intense oppression. Lynchings are taking place from Maine to California. A black migration from south to north fosters new forms of segregation and exclusion in northern cities. In Harlem, an uptown New York City neighborhood, black commerce and culture thrives. After World War I, a group of black writers, artists, and intellectuals gathered there finding creative energy in the struggle to be black and American. This was the Harlem Renaissance. We remember the 14th generation, born between 1925 and 1950. The country suffers the Great Depression when many people lose their jobs, and then they fight in the Second World War. Whole towns full of new homes are built after the war for the returning soldiers. People of color are not allowed to live in those towns. The 15th generation, the children born between 1950 and 1975. This is the time of the civil rights movement, Brown versus Board of Education, the Montgomery bus boycott, the March on Washington, Selma, civil rights legislation. At long last, the descendants of the first generation have achieved equality under the law. The 16th 
generation born between 1975 and 2000. Children are those who fought for equality under the law. New forms of discrimination have replaced the old ones, including a war on drugs that targets young men of color, and a lack of opportunity and resources, especially for poor people of color. There's a black power movement and the declaration that black is beautiful. Elections have brought the first African-American woman to the Senate and the first African-American governor since Reconstruction. School integration is finally the practice in the whole land. And finally, the 17th generation. Only the third to live in this country since slavery and segregation were outlawed. Barack Obama was elected president in 2008, but racial discrimination continues and black people encounter it in their day-to-day living. We have a horrifying incarceration rate for African Americans in what some call the new Jim Crow. We have blacks in position of authority locally and nationally. There are still those who believe black lives don't matter. You have heard the story of America's original sin, a culture of white supremacy, power, wealth, and exceptionalism built on the bodies, the tears, the blood, and the sweat of black people for 400 years. A culture that has also been enriched and advanced through the centuries because of the contributions of black people in every aspect of our common life. Music, jazz and blues, spirituals and hip hop, Duke Ellington, Scott Joplin, Louis Armstrong, Count Basie, Prince, Tina Turner, Aretha Franklin, science, George Washington Carver, Elijah McCoy, Louis Latimer, Patricia Arabath, May C. Jemison. Human and civil rights, Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman, Jesse Jackson. Literature and poetry, Langston Hughes, Toni Morrison, Maya Angelou, W.E.B. Du Bois, James Baldwin. Sports, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, okay, he was important. (laughs) Jim Brown, politics, Shirley Chisholm, Thurgood Marshall, Colin Powell, Clarence Thomas, and so many others. We have told this story so that we remember and we know the truth, though painful and ugly. So that we understand the struggle Unitarian Universalism calls us into and the work needed to end racism and dismantle our culture of white supremacy so that we can honor and celebrate the contributions of people of color, so that we can dream and work and hope for a future where there is justice and freedom for everyone, for the dream of our founders of an America, an America that has never been, but yet may be.
Since I laid my burdens down, glory, glory, hallelujah. Since I laid my burdens down. We enter into a period of time and lament with the writing of Langston Hughes, Let America Be America Again. Let America be America again. Let it be the dream it used to be. Let it be the pioneer on the plain, setting, seeking a home where he himself is free. America never was America to me. Let America be the dream the dreamers dreamed. Let it be that great, strong land of love where never kings connive nor tyrants scream that any man be crushed by one above. It never was America to me. Oh, let my land be a land where liberty is crowned with no false patriotic wreath. But opportunity is real and life is free. Equality is in the air we breathe. There's never been equality for me nor freedom in this homeland of the free. Say, who are you that mumbles in the dark? And who are you that draws your veil across the stars? I am the poor white, fooled and pushed apart. I am the Negro bearing slavery scars. I am the red man driven from the land. I am the immigrant clutching the hope I seek and finding only the same old stupid plan of dog eat dog of mighty crush the weak. I am the young man, full of strength and hope, tangled in that ancient, endless chain of profit, power, gain, of grab the land, of grab the gold, of grab the ways of satisfying need, of work the men, of take the pay, of owning everything for one's own greed. I am the farmer, bondsman to the soil. I am the worker sold to the machine, I am the Negro servant to you all. I am the people humble, hungry, mean. Hungry yet today despite the dream. Beaten yet today, oh pioneers. I am the man who never got ahead, the poorest worker bartered through the years. Yet I'm the one who dreamt our basic dream in the old world while still a serf of kings who dreamt a dream so strong, so brave, so true, that even yet its mighty daring sings in every brick and stone, in every furrow turned, that's made America the land it has become. Oh, I'm the man who sailed those early seas in search of what it meant to be my home. For I'm the one who left dark Ireland's shore and Poland's plain and England's grassy lee, and torn from black Africa's strand, I came to build a homeland of the free. The free? Who said the free? 
Not me, surely not me. The millions on relief today, the millions shot down when we strike, the millions who have nothing for our pay. For all the dreams we've dreamed, and all the songs we've sung, and all the hopes we've held, and all the flags we've hung, the millions who have nothing for our pay except the dream that's almost dead today. Oh, oh let America, America be America, America again, again. <clears throat> the land that never has been yet, and yet must be, the land where every man is free. The land that's mine, the poor man's, Indians, Negroes, me, who made America, whose sweat and blood, whose faith and pain, whose hand at the foundry, whose plow in the rain, must bring back our mighty dream again. Sure, call me an ugly name you choose. The steel of freedom does not stain. From those who live like leeches on the people's lives, we must take back our land again. America. Oh yes, I say it plain. America never was America to me. And yet I swear this oath, America will be out, out of, of the, the rack and ruin of our gangster death, the rape and rot of graft and stealth and lies. We, the people, must redeem the land, the, land, the, the mines, the plants, the rivers, the mountains, and the endless plain, all, all the stretch of these great green states, and make America again. As we sit in silence for a moment, strike our bell four times, one for each of the centuries since 1619. As we reflect on this history and the call of Unitarian Universalism to build a better world where everyone is truly free, let us remember that each of us has gifts to give. We can give and make a difference in our world. As we give, it's a way of living out our values. As a community, each month we give away one Sunday offering to support agencies and organizations in the Kent community and beyond that serve those in need. This month's special offering is for every town for gun safety. Every town is a movement of Americans working together to end gun violence and build safer communities. The fund supports programmatic activities of about a thousand mayors in the coalition of mayors against illegal guns, as well as other government officials and law enforcement leaders. It also works to educate the public about the detrimental effects of illegal guns in order to reduce gun violence in this country. I offer you these words of Maya Angelou. History, despite its wrenching pain, cannot be unlived, but if faced with courage, need not be lived again. 
Lift up your eyes on the day breaking for you. Give birth again to the dream. And now holding before us the dream of an America that may yet be, let us go forth renewed in our call to continue inspiring love, seeking justice, and growing in community. May it be so. Blessed be and amen.